Hello, and welcome back to the Heal Your Hormones podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle. I am really excited for today's topic. We are going to be diving into PMDD, which if you're not familiar with it, essentially it is PMS on steroids. Now, if you don't have PMDD, I still think a lot of what we are going to be covering in today's episode is helpful for PMS. So definitely stick around. We're going to be going over some signs of PMDD, what causes PMDD, and then some of my top tips for supporting your body through the PMS period so that you can have less PMS and PMDD symptoms. It is currently storming in Atlanta, so if you can hear it in the background, if you hear the thunder going on, I apologize. It's pretty much been raining all week and is going to continue to do so, so there was really no good time to record this, so we are just going to dive right into it. So PMDD stands for premenstrual dysphoric disorder, and like I had said, it's basically just a more severe version of PMS. And PMDD affects about 1 in 20 women, and it's estimated that 90% of those are undiagnosed. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that we are made to believe that PMS symptoms like, you know, breast tenderness, headaches, mood swings, fatigue, we're made to believe that all those things are normal. And although it is common, it's not normal, and you absolutely can have easy periods where you don't feel like your PMS is making you, you know, having to miss work or miss social situations, or it's turning you into a completely different person. And I think that because we are programmed to believe that PMS is normal, we often don't seek help from our doctor, and therefore women often aren't getting the PMDD diagnosis when they do have it. So PMDD includes both physical and emotional symptoms that essentially fluctuate with the menstrual cycle. And typically symptoms will begin one to two weeks before your period and improve within four days of getting your period. So some common symptoms, and again, these are very similar to PMS, but just on a more intense scale. So physical symptoms include breast tenderness, bloating, joint pain, headaches, weight gain, increased appetite, fatigue, insomnia, and brain fog. So if you're listening to that list and you're like checking all those off thinking this is me, then this is definitely going to be an episode you're going to want to listen to. And then for mental emotional symptoms, we can see things like depression, anxiety, irritability, aggression, social withdrawal, so just not wanting to interact with your friends or family the way you normally do disinterest in common activities. So maybe you love to play tennis, but during this PMDD period, you no longer want to. Overwhelm and even suicidal thoughts. And really these symptoms are going to interfere with work and life activities. So maybe you, you know, are struggling to get your work done. Maybe you're struggling to go out and see friends. Maybe you're struggling to get out of bed you know, maybe when you have PMDD, it's causing these huge fights between you and your partner. Why does PMDD happen? There's a few different reasons. And oftentimes it's related to an imbalance between estrogen and progesterone, which is often a driving cause behind PMS as well. So estrogen is the primary hormone during the first half of our cycle. So essentially from the day we get our period through those following two weeks. And estrogen is often, but not always, 
high in women. So I've done an entire episode on this. So go back to episode six. I believe it's called, Is Estrogen Dominance Causing Your Period Problems? And I dive into you know what can cause high estrogen, common signs of high estrogen, and then how to address it. And then with progesterone, this is going to be our primary hormone during the second half of our cycle. So essentially, we start to make this when we ovulate, and we continue to make it until we get our next period. And progesterone can often be low or low in relation to high estrogen. And estrogen and progesterone really work to balance each other out. I picture estrogen as this like red, rageful hormone, and I picture progesterone as this like blue, cool, calm hormone. I like have these characters in my mind that I've just kind of turned these hormones into. So you can see how if estrogen is high and progesterone is low, then we are going to see some unwanted symptoms like mood swings and irritability and rage during that PMS period. So progesterone helps to calm us down by binding to something called GABA receptors in the brain. And GABA is a neurotransmitter, which is essentially just a chemical in our brain that helps to keep us calm. So when we have enough progesterone and it binds to those receptors, it'll light them up and then we will start to feel more calm. Now with PMDD, we either don't have enough progesterone to help light up those GABA receptors or the GABA receptors don't respond to the progesterone that is there. So that's one way that PMDD can occur is that estrogen progesterone imbalance. Now PMDD can also be be related to histamine intolerance. So histamine is a chemical that's made by our immune system. So for example, when we get seasonal allergies and your eyes start watering and you get, you know, itchy nose, sinus congestion, all of that, this is a result of histamine being produced. Now, we need histamine to an extent. It does, it's a part of our immune system. It helps protect us. But when we have too much histamine, it can cause inflammation in the body. And histamine can also interfere with our GABA receptors and contribute to that feeling of anxiety and uneasiness. So there are a few ways that we can develop histamine intolerance. So the first is that we can have trouble breaking down histamine. So in our body, we have an enzyme called DAO that helps to break down histamine. For some people, this DAO enzyme is either low or it just doesn't function very well. So if this is you, then supporting your DAO enzyme can help improve histamine levels and improve PMDD symptoms. So if you are wondering if your DAO needs support, this is actually a blood test that you can ask your doctor for to check your DAO levels. One other cause that can interfere with DAO function are some medications can actually impact DAO. And then also some foods block DAO production, meaning when you eat these foods, we make less DAO. So that's not going to be available to help break down the histamine. We're going to have higher histamine and maybe more anxiety around PMDD. And some of these foods include alcohol is a big one, black tea, green tea, and energy drinks. So mostly liquids, I guess all liquids. And then the second potential cause of histamine intolerance is imbalances in our gut. 
So certain bacteria in our gut can actually increase histamine production, and that can lead to just not having enough DAO to break it down. So really important if you struggle with things like bloating or diarrhea and constipation, maybe you've been on the birth control pill for a long time, which can disrupt gut health, or maybe you've been on a lot of antibiotics. It's important to work with somebody who can help you get your gut health in check. And that's going to be really your way of addressing the root cause of your PMDD. And then the third one is that we can make too much histamine. And this can be related to eating foods we are sensitive to or eating foods that are naturally high in histamine. In identifying foods that we are sensitive to, the best way I have found to do it is to really just keep a food journal of what you eat and how you feel the next few days. You know, common foods that we tend to be sensitive to are things like gluten, dairy, corn, sugar, peanuts, and soy. So sometimes paying attention to those foods first and then maybe identifying if there's other things in your diet that are bothering you. Now, the foods that are naturally high in histamine, alcohol, again, is one of them, fermented drinks and fermented foods. So things like yogurt, kefir, sauerkraut, dried fruits, avocado, eggplant, spinach, shellfish, aged cheese, like blue cheese, and then processed or smoked meats. And you're probably listening to this list thinking like, this is so random. You know, you have fruits on there, you have vegetables on there, you have fish, you have cheese, like a little bit of everything. Now that's not to say you can never have these foods, but sometimes we have to find that threshold of, okay, maybe one day if you're having avocado, eggplant and shellfish, then maybe you don't have wine that day or you don't have alcohol that day so that you're not overwhelming your system with these high histamine foods. For some people, they may find that, you know, just avoiding these foods, especially like that week before their period is enough to help them through their PMDD symptoms. Others might find that they have to start to limit these foods a little bit earlier on. So it's really trial and error. And I think it's always so important, especially when you're dealing with dietary changes to work with a healthcare provider so that they can make sure you're still getting in all the nutrients you need and that you're not just eliminating. You know, whenever I work with my patients on identifying food sensitivities, I like to pay more attention to, okay, what foods can we focus on? What foods can we eat more of? So there's less of a stress around limiting foods or um, feeling restricted. So those are foods that are high in histamine themselves. And then there are also foods that increase histamine production in our body. So I'm going to go through this list as well, because I think if you're out there and you're listening and you're thinking that you might have histamine intolerance, I think it's helpful to have this. So foods that can increase histamine production in our body, again, alcohol. I think you can see that there's a common theme here with alcohol and histamine and probably not the best for PMDD symptoms. Um, bananas, tomatoes, papaya, beans, wheat germ, chocolate, citrus, food dyes, and then certain nuts like walnuts, cashews, and peanuts. So again, listening to that food or food list, you know, there are so many good foods on there. It's not intended to be an elimination list, but more so just starting to take note of what foods you eat a lot of, especially during that week before your period when you are having these PMDD symptoms or PMS symptoms. 
All right. So moving into, you know, now we know what does PMDD look like? What is the driving cause behind it? You kind of already understand from the histamine perspective how you can start to improve PMDD, but I do want to dive a little bit more into natural ways that you can support yourself through this period because PMDD really can be so debilitating for people. And this is something that, you know, you're going to experience once a week, every month for your life, you know, while you're menstruating. Um, and that can really derail, you know, how you function at work and how you function with your friends and family. And it does not have to be that way. Conventionally, the treatment for PMDD are antidepressants, which I have absolutely no problem with. I think that you know, they can be a great tool, but I do think that there are other ways that we can also be supporting the person so that they either maybe feel even better on the antidepressant, or maybe eventually they're able to work themselves off the antidepressant if that's their goal. First and foremost, track your cycle. Tracking can really help you prepare and know when your period is coming and will one, allow you to focus on things like what are you eating? Are you prioritizing sleep? You know, where are your stress levels at before your symptoms start? And you can also make you more aware when you do start to maybe get irritated with your partner or irritated with something at work that you normally wouldn't. It can kind of remind you of like, okay, I know my period's coming. I know why this is happening and hopefully allow you to kind of let go and not fixate it and not be as upset. Now, I always say food is medicine. Food is always where I start with my clients. Um, so number one is going to be to make sure that you have balanced blood sugar. So this is going to mean having a protein, fat, and fiber with every meal. The meal I tend to see people lack on the most is breakfast. So I think when we think of typical breakfast foods, we're thinking pancakes, waffles, cereal, oatmeal, really carb-focused meals. That's not to say you can't have these foods, but I want you to think of how can you add to these foods so that you're getting in that protein, fat, and fiber. So a good way to do that might be a hard-boiled egg on the side. It might be adding some nut butter for protein and fat. It might be adding in some chia seeds or some flax seeds into maybe the pancake batter to get in some healthy fats that way. Also, important to not skip meals. So this is also another one I see commonly, you know, maybe you have a quick breakfast, you get to work, things get going before you know it, it's three or four o'clock and then you're starving. You want to avoid these roller coasters of blood sugar. So you want to avoid the blood sugar spikes, but you also want to avoid the blood sugar crashes because our blood sugar impacts our hormones like estrogen and progesterone. So making sure you're not skipping meals and then lastly, if you're going to have a sweet, have a meal before it. So if it comes to be, you know, 3 p.m. and you're having that sweet tooth, try to at least have a handful of walnuts or maybe a, you know, unsweetened Greek yogurt or something that you, has protein and fat in it. So that way you're having that with the sugar and you're helping to prevent any sort of blood sugar spike following that meal. I also have an episode entirely on blood sugar. I cannot remember for the life of me right now what number it is, but it's there if you want to scroll back and look for more support around that. Um, again, diet-wise, reducing high histamine foods, especially the one to two weeks before your period. 
And then focusing, so this is kind of what I was going back to of like, okay, if we're limiting certain foods, can we also bring a focus to what foods we should be eating more of? And that's going to be things that are high in vitamin C. So vitamin C rich foods are going to help to support our immune system and kind of control that histamine response. And vitamin C also helps our body make progesterone. So I want you to think of like bright colored fruits and vegetables. So leafy greens, sweet potatoes, carrots, cruciferous veggies like broccoli and Brussels sprouts and peppers. Then the last thing I'll say about the diet is eating foods that are high in B6. So along with vitamin C, B6 is needed for progesterone production and it's needed for estrogen breakdown. So focusing on B6 can really help reestablish that balance between estrogen and progesterone. B6 is also needed for dopamine and serotonin production. And these are neurotransmitters, those brain chemicals that help to keep us happy. So we want to make sure we have enough B6, especially those two weeks before our period. So foods high in B6 include tuna, salmon, chickpeas, poultry, so chicken and turkey, leafy greens, bananas, and papaya. Okay, so we have first, track your cycle. Second, focus on diet with an emphasis on what foods you can be eating more of. And then the third is going to be to support your gut and liver health. So we break down hormones in our liver, and our gut is where histamine is produced when we eat. So one really easy way that you can support gut health is drinking bone broth every morning on an empty stomach. Bone broth contains an amino acid called L-glutamine, and amino acid is essentially just a building block of protein. And L-glutamine helps to act as food for the cells lining the intestine. So it helps to basically repair the lining. I love the brand Kettle and Fire. I think you can find them at most stores. I just love the taste of their bone broth, but Anything, chicken, beef, bone broth, whatever you can find is great. Also considering taking a probiotic. So probiotics help to keep good and bad bacteria balanced. This is especially important if you've been on the pill, which can cause imbalance in our gut, or if you've been on a lot of antibiotics. Um, I personally take AG1 by Athletic Greens in the morning on an empty stomach just as an easy way to get probiotics in. With probiotics, you want to make sure that you are getting a high-quality probiotic because, honestly, if you're not, then you're just kind of wasting your money on them. So talking to your doctor or a dietitian or someone like me, a naturopathic doctor or functional medicine doctor, who can help guide you to know which brand is right for you and the dosages because not all probiotics are created equal and you want to make sure that you are taking the right one for you. And then lastly, for gut and liver health, reducing processed foods and alcohol. So processed food, fried foods is going to cause inflammation in our gut. Again, not to say you can never have these foods, maybe trying to limit them during that PMS, PMDD period. And, you know, as I was going through that histamine food list, you can see that alcohol is on all those lists. Alcohol also can increase estrogen in our body. So if you're struggling with PMDD, One of the number one ways I would say to help support your hormones and support your body through that time period is to limit or really ideally avoid alcohol that one to two weeks before your period. And I know that can be hard, but there are a lot of great non-alcoholic wines and liquors out there. So maybe it's trying to experiment with 
experiment with those and seeing how that helps your symptoms. Now, I get asked all the time about supplements because people always want to know, you know, like, what can I take that's going to make this go away? I truly believe, though, that diet and gut and liver support is foundational. And then number two supplements can be kind of an added boost. So I'm going to share three of my favorites. However, I want you to make sure you're talking to your doctor before you're starting any of these because they may not be the right fit for you. So the first is going to be, you know, we already talked about vitamin B6, so you can get that in food form, but I've also found it to be really helpful with my clients when they take it in supplement form. So typically for PMS, I'll recommend taking 100 milligrams of B6 for the last two weeks of your cycle. For PMDD, I'll typically recommend 100 milligrams every day of your cycle. Another one that's really helpful is magnesium. So magnesium helps with anxiety, it helps with sleep, it helps with bowel movements, and it helps just with overall hormonal health. And oftentimes we are deficient in magnesium. Now there are many different forms of magnesium. The kind that you'll often find at the store is magnesium citrate, which tends to be better for constipation. Magnesium glycinate is the form that I like most for anxiety, irritability, mood swings, things like that. So it's typically what I recommend for PMDD. And then Vitex, which is also called Chase Tree Berry, is an herb. And this is a really easy way to gently balance estrogen and progesterone. Now, it's not going to be a good fit for everyone. Specifically, women with PCOS may not be a great fit for Vitex but it does well with a lot of people. So if you know, you're scouring the internet for some sort of supplement to take, I would probably start with B6 um, and then go from there. You know, there are so many other supplements out there that can help support hormones and support the immune system and our histamine response, but they really should be considered on a case-by-case basis. And I can't tell you how many times I have New clients come to me that are on this laundry list of supplements and they don't really know what they're taking or why they're taking it, but they're just kind of read bits and pieces here and there. And sometimes that can be do more damage than good because you never know how supplements are reacting with each other or how they're reacting with your medications. So again, when it comes to supplements, always try to work with a healthcare provider that can help guide you so that you're not wasting your money and you're not wasting your time. Now, the last piece I'm going to recommend for really support around PMDD is mental health and self-care support. So number one is therapy. Of course, therapy is so great. No exception when it comes to PMDD. Finding a therapist is probably one of the more difficult healthcare providers to find because you really have to fit with them. You know, like you can go to your dentist and not love them as a human but they're going to clean your teeth and they're going to do a good job and you're going to be fine. With therapy, you really have to connect with the person if you're going to feel safe being vulnerable with them. So sometimes that means kind of shopping around for a therapist. And I know that can be really defeating and frustrating and time consuming, but when you find the right fit, I promise you it will be worth it. Also meditation. Meditation, you know, it's getting much more popular over the past few years. I still think it's very underrated It's something that I've been working on really trying to be consistent with both morning and night. So I've been using the Headspace app, which I really love because you can choose if you want a three minute meditation or a 10 minute, or, you know, if you want it for early in the morning or later at night, 
Um, I've been doing five minutes. I think I'm starting to get to the place where I can progress to 10 minutes, but I think five minutes is a great starting point. And then of course, movement. So really aiming to move your body for 30 minutes a day. And this doesn't have to be a straight 30 minutes. So it could be 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the afternoon, 10 minutes in the evening, but just moving your body, going on a walk with your dog, you know, getting outside. I've talked about Leah Bartha like a million times in the podcast, but I really love her workouts at home for low impact Pilates based movements. I think that she just really translates her instructions virtually so well, unlike any instructor I've seen so far. Um, and I started doing her videos at the end COVID and I will do them probably until the day I die or until she stops creating them. So her platform is called be the method and she does offer a free week trial and she's got everything from 15 to 45 to 60 minute videos. Um, she also has videos that are specifically prenatal and postnatal friendly, which is really great. So yeah, so that's what I've got for you today. I hope that was helpful. Again, if you don't have PMDD, these things I mentioned can still help with PMS symptoms. PMDD is just, you know, basically PMS to the extreme. We typically see less of the histamine intolerance with PMS, but the dietary things we talked about, some of the supplements, the mental health, self-care, that can all help support you through PMS as well. And if you don't have a doctor that is listening to you and is willing to do the work with you and, you know, do these trial and errors to find out what food is right for you, what supplements are right for you, then find somebody who will, because I promise you those people are out there and they want you to feel better. Um, I want you to feel better. I work with all my clients virtually. So if you're in a part of the country where you're like, I don't have access to this kind of med like medicine, which is in many States, just know that that doesn't have to limit you. So I will leave the link to schedule a strategy call in the show notes if you're interested in discussing what it would be like to work together and how I might be able to help you feel your best month long, regardless of where you are at in your cycle. All right. Well, I will see you next Tuesday and thank you so much for listening.